Hey, what's up, everybody? I am here with Joe, aka Scarlet Sprites. How's it going, man? Hey, nice to uh, see you and be on the show, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to do this. It's a perfect time of the evening. I just cracked my first beer doing uh, doing nice. Spitix this time. So uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I like all the, the darker beers myself. And, and I, I've got uh, Giant Brand Water. So, mm. you know. Living dangerous, I guess. Yeah, right. <laughs> so um, I, I don't really know. I guess the best way to describe you would be a YouTuber that focuses on arcade stuff. But I feel like that's not quite doing you justice because you do a lot of your own work. You have like an arcade set up in your house. So, I mean, what's a better way to describe, you know, Scarlet Sprites? It, I, I don't, I don't know if, if I know the answer to that question myself. I mean, I was uh, at too many games a couple of years ago and talking to um, uh, another YouTuber, uh, big, much, much bigger channel. And he was asking those types of questions. And I was like, I, I don't really know. I don't know how to, I pretty much just do whatever I want when it comes to YouTube, something, whatever's interesting me. I don't crank out a lot of videos. I'm not like a weekly, sometimes not even, you know, every two or three weeks. It's just, if I'm working on something and I find it interesting, I'll put it something together and, and I'll put it out there. Um, but you're right. It mostly, it, it kind of started off with Neo Geo and Neo Geo is kind of the the gateway drug into the arcade world, right? Because it bridges that gap. So uh, kind of found myself doing more and more arcade type things and falling back to Neo Geo here and there. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that's how I would describe it. It's it's Neo Geo and arcade related videos. Yeah, that's, that's fair enough. I don't know. I just, uh, so you're somebody that I do watch a lot of your videos, but I, I've also contacted for help now and then when it came to arcade stuff. So I see you as more as, you know, when I say just a YouTuber, I mean that respectfully. I'm not putting down people who are proud to be YouTubers. I just, sure. you know, it's like saying, you know, uh, are you a chef or are you a pilot? It's like, no, no, I'm more than just a pilot. I could also cook. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm not yeah, sure right. I'm pilots or chefs. It's just, you know, <laughs> one of those things. So. Yeah. No, 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 certainly. I mean, I, I don't even know. It's it's hard sometimes. I mean, the arcade hobby, I mean, and, and obviously you are um, neck deep into all of the tech related <laughs> things as well. But when you start dabbling in those types of things, they require an extraordinary amount of time. And then you start hauling cabinets in your house. And not only are you now doing the tech piece, now you're doing minor carpentry in some cases, right? And it's just very time consuming. So there isn't always... I don't really think of myself as a YouTuber first. It's more about the hobby and just having fun and playing games and restoring cabinets when I when I had the opportunity to do so. And then videos are always kind of second, sadly. I, I wish I could do more, but I just it's just it's a it's a one man operation for all of that stuff. So it's it's tough. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same place in that like the the development side is where I've all that's where my passion's always been, and it's just one of those like you know doing the videos is kind of a necessary evil. Like no one pays attention to you. Like I could have a website with, you know, 10 million hits a day and everybody would just yeah. be like, yeah, all right. So who cares about websites anymore? So yeah. you kind of have to do this. Like even these interviews get more views, clicks, whatever audio only. But if we didn't put them on YouTube, people would, you know, probably wouldn't even know they were out there. So. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't have a problem with it. It's just a tool that we use, but yeah, absolutely. So, what got you started into arcade stuff? Was it that you had a Neo Geo as a kid? Was it that you got one as an adult because you always wanted that unfathomably expensive thing? Or, you know, yeah. what, what really pushed you over to that? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it was really it was Neo Geo. I mean, I joke about that being like the gateway drug. Uh, I I probably I, well I started collecting Neo Geo cards back in maybe two thousand eight, two thousand seven, somewhere around there. Didn't I didn't even have an actual Neo Geo at that time. I just knew that the carts were cool. I wanted them. I was playing the games emulated at the time, and uh, you know, at some point, I knew I wanted to get a big red. Like that was the goal. The, that was the, the the end game was to pick that machine up. And then I, I thought, well, I'll have these carts to play eventually, and it'll be cool. And then eventually, I got the big red, and it's one of those things where it it wasn't a hundred percent working when I got it. So you start dabbling and it's like, oh, I can figure this out. And the, and, the, and there's a few pieces here and there. And, um, you know, a, a big shout out to uh, Jamination. Um, just got so much help from that guy uh, early on. He was just, um, just really, really warm with his responses and very kind. And you don't always get that from people, especially when you're new to the hobby. Um, especially you know, if you I meet was, through forums or something. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. I, yeah. We're, we don't even need to go there, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, really, really helpful to me. Uh, I think it was, it's one of those things when people ask me about how do I get, I just got that question this week about, you know, how, how do you get started and how do you, um, learn to do some of the things that, you know, people have seen me do on videos and, it's reading. It's really just reading and Googling and scouring forums and then then asking intelligent questions after you've done a little bit of research. And that because that's what pisses people off is when you come in and just start asking, you know, the, the top 10 questions that everybody's going to ask when you know, they first get an arcade machine. But you put all that to the side and ask more intelligent questions after you've done a little bit of research, then people will listen and will help you out. And, and so I, you know, I think I was pretty good about that. And then in return, I, I got the help that I needed. And then you just start building on that knowledge. I mean, Neo Geo got up and running and then, you know, a little bit of time goes by and I was still looking at Craigslist and every now and then, you know, something pops up and it's cheap. And I'm like, well, I can get another one of those things in here. Like that'll fit. And so what if, you know, X, Y, or Z are broken on it? I'll figure that out. And and that just kind of snowballs from there to to the point where where I am today. Yeah, I know the feeling. <laughs> when I was in the in Stanford in an apartment, I had gotten my Mortal Kombat machine, and I stumbled across some Craigslist post of somebody, you know, maybe two hours north of New York State, selling their triples. So I I called the guy and I was just like, "This sounds odd," and he's like, "Yeah, you know." I got this machine, that machine, and he's listing a lot of really cool ones that I wanted. And yeah. uh, he's like, these are my triples. I have two of everything because I want to make sure they're in good shape. Uh, the thirds are, you know, they're all working, but they could use some work. And this price for that, that price for that. But look, if you come up here with a van and you give me 2500 bucks, I'll give you all of them. I called everybody I knew. Like, do you want to build an arcade in your garage? And everybody either didn't have a garage, they were in apartments, or like there was yeah. there was something where they just couldn't do it, and I had to pass it up. And it was one of those things where it was like, I think, um, I, you know, I, I think like I waited too long and they sold them all, but that was heartbreaking. I could have had a full arcade somewhere, but I mean, even at that price, though, I, if I had to pay for storage, that would have been immediately a lot more expensive. So yeah, how I many always, years ago was, was that? in the wrong place at the wrong time? Hmm. How many years ago was that? 
that you ran across that six seven yeah see that's becoming so it's it's so hard to find that kind of stuff now like back like like that almost was like the sweet spot you know like looking back like five six years ago there was stuff all over craigslist and you like even thinking now some of the boards that were just in those cabinets are were worth double triple what those people were even asking for the whole machine um and now stuff just gets picked up almost i mean if you're not if you're not ready to go when you see it, it's probably going to be gone. Uh, that's been yeah, my experience. I have such a love-hate relationship with everything arcade-related because, you know, if you have a console that's working and you get a game and, you know, clean it with some Q-tips and isopropyl and you put it in, nine times out of ten it's going to work. When you get an arcade machine and you have, you spend the time to professionally restore it, you have an expert professionally restore it for you, nine times out of ten, when you plug that in, it's not going to start. You have to figure something out. And sometimes it's just, you know, wiggle the connector, you know, reseat the RAM chips. Yeah. I got a Mortal Kombat 4 board that you're always going to start three times. Always. And, you know, Jose's looked at it a bunch of times. It, you know, he's a freaking wizard. He sits there with, yeah. the you know, the jeweler lens and goes through and rechecks every single trace on the motherboard and all that. And yeah. he's like, things fine. It always powers up for me. Oh, yeah. Put my fat hands on it. And it doesn't. So, it's you know, <laughs> it's one of those things where I, I love it. I love having the full experience. I love when friends come over that even like only half really care about arcade stuff. You put one in front of them at home and they're suddenly it's like, this is awesome. And that's so much fun, but it's just, it's a, so much more work than, uh, than anybody oh, would, absolutely. would ever go through. That's why when I see you restore yours, I'm always just like, I always have that, like, I mean, it's a shitty thing to say, but I always have that, like, I'm so glad I'm watching you do this because I appreciate yeah, right. all the steps you go through and what a beautiful end to everything. But I'm so glad it's not me suffering through it. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I mean, the video that comes out is usually like the end game, right? You're not watching the the month or, you know, six, eight weeks lead up time of all the shit that did go wrong during that whole process and, and things that had to be replaced or, um, you know, stupid things that I missed on just, you know, when I'm putting it back together. And so, yeah, the, the videos typically have a, a good ending to them, but it's after weeks of work and troubleshooting yeah that and the things that you don't notice in an arcade so you're in an arcade even you know even an empty arcade but when they're all turned on you don't really notice a lot but you go home in your quiet house you turn on the machine and it's like why are the speakers buzzing every time the you know the screen gets bright and it's like oh let me go through and see if i could fix every little bit to them oh yeah i mean that's a good point too i mean normally at home there's you know people ask me that, that question too about power and how much power everything consumes i'm like well i don't have them all turned on all at one time so when you're at home it's one machine and you're right the, those little nuances are so much easier to pick up on because it's not like this floor of just noise normally now when i have people come over like this past weekend i'll just turn everything on for that whole ambient effect but that's rare if it's just me I'm not firing up, you know, what is it, 12 or 13 cabinets right now to just have, yeah, yeah, I, I don't. Did you run special power in your house? It's funny. So in this place, we, we moved here about three years ago. There was a pool out back and they had a, a breaker box put in on the downstairs for the pool. The pool's no longer here, but I have access to that breaker box. And so the whole downstairs is on a separate box. 
good. But it was by good. default. Yeah, it wasn't good. it was just dumb luck. Yeah, I got um the way things are here, it's the same thing. I have two. The main's right there and then the secondary's, you know, over. So I think where all of my stuff's plugged in, or where all of that I think is plugged into the main. Um yeah. and when the electrician that I'm kind of buddies with first came over, he, he walks in and he goes, Are we doing that today? <laughs> I was like, No, 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 I'm not turning them all out at once. That's gonna that could be for a while, but yeah. Yeah, I'm easing myself into what that would take. I bought one of those little meters. I don't know where it is. It was right here a minute ago, but oh, it's right here. Uh, where you you plug it in and then you plug something into it and it's it shows you how much power you're drawing. Oh and yeah, I, I've been playing. I've been forcing myself to put this down because I want to just plug this into everything now and be like, oh, I have one watt phantom power from this computer. Oh, this draws. Like I I did a, a raid array for um, my unraid machine and it. It's 120 watts when you boot all the drives up at once, and then it drops to, like, 40. So I tried to run all of the RAID array off of an arcade power supply, thinking, oh, I'm so fucking smart, I could mount it directly <laughs> in one of the drive bays. I yeah. didn't read the wattage on the 12-volt side, so I was like, oh, well, that's what that clicking is. One of the drives won't start. So, yeah, nice. it's uh, I can't wait to put this on arcade machines and, and kind of put one on each of the CRTs back there as I power them just to see and then add it all up and call the electrician back and be like, so what would happen if I put a thousand watts to like, you know, see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had, um, right before, um, March, 2020, before the pandemic hit, I had the basement scope for basically to be finished off. Like I was going to finish the entire space off I, and nothing crazy, just carpet walls, right. And a uh, double door into the unfinished space. So there were still places to work and store things. And they had looked at that second breaker box and they were going to run lines and everything. And they're like, okay, so you're building, a, you're trying to build like a legit arcade down here with, and then off the side, I have like a, a, a projector and a screen like we're going to put that up so there's there's massive power needs down here and uh it was all it was all scoped out but then the pandemic hit they never did it lumber through the roof right drywall through the roof and and so now it's just kind of like this project that's hanging out there that i don't know when it's going to happen that i've got plans for it but it just yeah but yeah it sucks yeah I don't know. We all have those projects that we're trying to get through and it's like, you got to just do one step at a time and, and figure it yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, the, the machines are still down there. You can still have fun. That's, that's where I'm at. You know, you mentioned a projector. Um, are you getting into projectors too? Or is that just like a cheap one just for fun or? Yeah, it was a, it was an old, um, it was an old, uh, I don't, it's a, Oh, it's a Ben Q. I think hmm. it's just, uh, uh, old 1080p 3d, projector i had in my townhouse it's not it's not anything special but it's pretty good for what it was in the townhouse had a 120 inch screen that's still downstairs but uh it's not not operational or hooked up currently that's awesome i actually bought a benq 4k projector okay and the reason i got it is because it was 4k and also still accepted 3d because i'm you know i'm like one of the seven people that actually enjoy a bunch of those 3d movies and yeah. after i bought it I realized there was a whole bunch of reviews online that said, oh, this is also an amazing gaming projector because you could do 1080p 120 on it or something. 
or maybe it was 240 or whatever it is it was one of those like huh yeah. all right i got lucky because i needed short throw 4k and 3d yep. and this checked all of the boxes uh and i absolutely love it the only thing i don't love is the stupid screen that i got but it was 110 versus 650 for the one with the mesh on the side to keep it straight so it was like yeah yeah okay i could just buy this now and then start saving so there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I was pretty happy with uh, the BenQ when it was up and running. And you're right. I uh, So I still have a passive 3D television. LG made them. It has like the film over the front of them. They use the standard theater glasses to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're right. I, I'm still a sucker for several, th- like Tron. Like I'll always watch uh, Tron Legacy in, in 3D. Like I every now and then I get the urge just to pop that in on and, and watch it there's a few yeah. others too i mean with your stereo crank too because the music in that and the sound effects is amazing oh daft punk yeah you can't go wrong yeah mm-hmm. it's great uh yeah that uh there actually um i know a lot of people don't like avatar but i mean it for what it was like a, visually i always liked watching that in 3d on the big screen i thought that was great Another good movie. Um, a few others too the stuff that was like uh, like the marvel movies that were made that were I guess artificially moved over to 3D, not so much, but yeah. like there's, yeah, yeah, you get anything it. that was shot in 3D or yeah. an animated movie that was processed right, which is funny because like Toy Story one came out perfect, and Toy Story two, three, and up to seven, whatever many they are, they all kind of like you almost feel like they hit the render in 3D button and walked away and didn't yeah, even right. really check it. But they did a great job on the first one, so there was a lot of that that made it worth it. I just rewatched yeah. Avatar, and I still think it's a bit long, but uh, you know, I, I liked it visually. It was it was pretty amazing too. So it's great. It's a good showpiece. Um, people come over. I used to want to watch that and just sit them down. Uh, yeah, people love it. So, what are you using for speakers since you're near all of those cabinets and CRTs and stuff? I do have, so again, this is kind of like sad. So for my old, my old, uh, are you asking, wait, I back up for a second. Are you asking speakers in the cabinets or are you asking for just like audio speakers? That speakers were, for your stereo like, the, or music. Theater. Yeah, I just have, um, I had some old uh, Klipsch Tower speakers that I w- was using mm. with an Onkyo uh, receiver. That was in the old place in the townhouse i had that hooked up uh just a 5.1 setup didn't really have any issues with the the cabinets or the crts at the time now there were three of them but it was a much more condensed room uh not a lot of space but it all worked out fine uh typically didn't have um the machines on or anything like that when i was watching a, a film and didn't really seem to you know cause any effects afterwards either so i mean it was it was fine now i have those same uh speakers just on the floor of the basement down there and just you know if we want like uh this past weekend we just had crystal method blasting while we're playing arcade machines and uh but yeah that's all that's all it is it's nothing fancy right now that was a big scare i'm not sure if it's going to be visible or not but just to the yeah sort of like right there you could sort of see the speakers and when i first uh moved in a, a friend of mine Really nice gesture, got me some beautiful ELAC speakers, which that's also the same brand I have upstairs, and an NAD two-channel amplifier. And the first time I powered on my CRT, I went, what the heck's going on? And then I realized the speakers weren't magnetically shielded. They weren't magnetically shielded. So I kind of freaked out. I brought those upstairs, uh, and they sound good, but I... uh, 
thanks to Matt from Insurrection Industries, I found out of a brand called Ascend Acoustics. I think that's what they're called. I want to double check that. I want to make sure to do them justice. Um, but they have a, yeah, Ascend. They have a shielded line of speakers. I think actually all of them are still shielded. And I bought the cheapest ones. So that arrived uh, under 400 bucks, I think, delivered. And that NAD amp was under 500. So you're talking under a grand total. Yeah. I was blown away like we did a, an experiment where we watched the first half of avatar on a 65 inch oled with the elac speakers and some shitty denon receiver whatever's like the cheapest you can get on amazon and when we went downstairs on the benq projector and on the two ascend speakers and the nad amp and there was a few people there most were not nerds at all and everybody hands down agreed on the same thing the OLED TV was much clearer, but everybody liked the projector better because it just it wasn't bad and it was just huge and awesome. And everybody thought the sound was so much better down here, even though yeah. I mean the Elacs are great. So it was one of those like get good speakers, but don't cheap out on the amp. I, I've never heard a, a cheap, cheap, you know, 500 bucks, but I've never heard a cheap amp sound as good as that. So now, of yeah, course, awesome. I have to look for, you know, to save up for one from upstairs. But I'll send you links if you want, because, like, you don't have to worry yeah. about any, you know, any uh, discoloration on your CRTs. And holy crap, that's the, the performance thing, yeah. was great on that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, at some point, I definitely want to get back into that. And, and I want to, you know, the, right now, the receiver's fine for just cranking out music. But, yeah, I mean, definitely get the get that screen back up probably have to get a new not have to but i want to get a 4k projector when i get that you know screen back up and then you know it's like that domino effect and it's like well now I, I, maybe i want to look at speaker maybe i want to look at the new amp maybe i want to you know you start uh upgrading everything yeah but yeah so one thing i will say is i bought <laughs> i may have allegedly been a little tipsy and we were in the city and my wife and i were like fine let's you know let's move back to the burb so i was like all right if I'm going to be back in the burbs, that means I could have a projector. So I talked to a buddy of mine who recommended one and it was 1080p 3D and it was great, except it, where I need to mount it was too close. So I had to like put it in the middle of the room basically. So I ended up selling that one and getting this one. But the point in that was the really nice 1080p projector. I mean, the 4K is better, definitely, but like not oh, screw that other one better. Like, if I still right. have that 1080p, it, like, even if I, like, went over to your house and you got the 4K one, I'd be like, yeah, this is so much better, but I wouldn't be on my phone immediately looking to buy one. Whereas, like, if it was the speaker difference, like, if you had this set up and I still had the crappy yeah. ones I used to use, I wouldn't, it would be five minutes in the movie, like, pause, please. What are these speakers? I would like, <laughs> I'd be, like, putting them on yeah. my credit card immediately, so. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you're pretty good probably with that same projector for a while, I would assume. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, I I just got to get the basement done first. <laughs> so once that happens, then we'll, we'll go piece by piece. So in there now, didn't you recently put like a, a room tour up or something like that? Yeah, I did the arcade tour at the end of at the end of the year. So I, I went through each of the machines, just kind of talked through what was down there, what was going on with each of them. And then I started to put together uh, a, a, a small tour of this room that I'm sitting in. And then I had um, had some PC issues and I started upgrading that. And then um, had some issues with Asus and the motherboard and everything that was going on. And became a whole thing. I've basically been without like a legit desktop for editing for about two and a half weeks now. 
finally yeah. solved, got got it all put back together, um, and, we're, and we're good to go. But that's next on deck is to, to talk a little bit about some of the stuff that's in this room. Because I remember when that video came out, and my apologies in advance here, but I, I turned it on and I was like eating lunch or something. I'm like, oh, cool. I get to watch a video while eating. And I got like three minutes into it and, you know, instant messages blow up. My phone blows up and like I had it on in the background, but I don't think I was actually watching the rest of it. So my it's bad. Fine. But <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a uh, a quick run through because every now and then people just ask that, like what, what all's down there? Because I think sometimes I'll do other videos and people will catch glimpses of something that's on the floor or something in the background that I hauled in that I'm working on. And like, well, you didn't talk about that yet. And like, okay, so let's just, you know, to start 2022, let's just go through everything that's here. And, the, and, and that's, that'll be the, our starting point. And then we'll add as we go. So, um, yeah, it's, it was, uh, it was fun and long, probably longer than, than I normally do for videos and completely unscripted. So, uh, no, no apology necessary if you, uh, if you nodded off a little during that one. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, uh, it had nothing to do with your video. That's just, unfortunately what my days are like. T Tian Fong calls it, you know, squirrel. You ever see up where the dogs always like getting distracted? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he makes fun of me for that all the time. Cause we'll be in the middle yeah. of something and I'll stop messaging back and I'll be like, what the fuck happened to you? And I'll be like, I'm sorry. I just started four other things. I'll swing back around in a minute. I promise. <laughs> oh, I'm impressed you even watch things. I, I, I mean, it's so hard. I feel bad sometimes because other, other YouTubers will, you know, message me or whatever and ask me about, did I, did I see this? Did I see that? And it's like, I, I really don't get to watch a lot of YouTube. I, I just don't. I mean, I've got, um, you know, I, I don't know, you know, your situation, but I, you know, I'm, I'm working a, a normal job throughout the day, which sometimes goes longer than, than eight hours. And then it's like, I've got, you know, my, my wife, when we're going to do our, our thing, we're going to make dinner, you know, do all those normal things. And then it's like, maybe there's a sliver of time to work on arcades and, and, and put a, a YouTube video together. Um, watching other people's things, like I'll, I'll scroll and I'll see like what people have posted and I'll check, a, you know, a few minutes out here. Or there. I just feel so bad because I, I just don't watch a ton of, of YouTube or social, see things on social media as much as I think people expect me to. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where you have to pick and choose your time. Uh, Audie, Audie Sorley was making fun of me for this a couple months ago because like three days in a row he sent me a couple of different videos and he's like, have you watched any of these yet? And I was like, no, dude, like I barely have time to like, you know, take a shower. I can't tell you how many times I'll look at the clock and be like, it's three o'clock? Oh my God, I haven't even like showered yet. Like it's one of those. And yeah, of course it's Audie. So he just made fun of me for like 10 minutes straight after that. Love that dude. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, it's just tough. I mean, being an adult and getting older is hard. <laughs> yeah. And it's one of those things too, where it's like, you know, you have to try your best to find a balance in things. And it's, it's good to be selfish in those moments where it's like, do I finish the video that's going to make me happy? And, you know, people were asking for, and, you know, people were relying on me to show them something that could help them. Or do yeah. I plop down on the couch and watch three of my friends videos? And it's like, yeah, I think all my friends started to realize like my my intentions are always good, but I'm not going to make it to the end of most of those. So. Right? Yeah, I I think like Saturday morning is usually my my sweet spot when I can come downstairs. I know there's normally there's not a whole lot of things on the agenda for for that day, and I can just coffee, whatever I'm having for breakfast, and then that's like you know I've got like an hour, and I'm and you know, and maybe I get through like three or four videos, maybe. Um, but it's like you said, it's being choosy. It's scrolling through, picking and 
you know, choosing what it is I want to watch and um, I just don't get, get to, but that might be it. Like Saturday's like the big day for like an hour maybe, you know? So. Yeah. It's, I, you know, I've always kind of played with the idea of changing my videos because excuse me, my, my structure the past couple of years for like the higher production ones has been like a fancy short intro. I try to never make it more than a minute, try to hit 30 seconds and then, you know, my opening jingle and then a quick summary and then get into it. And I'm like, um, that means I'm asking people for usually like one and a half, two full minutes of their time. Yeah. And people that are, are committed, like, okay, it's the, you know, it's the new thing. I want, you know, I wanted to hear somebody talk about this. I got them, but I wouldn't get me. Like if the situation was reversed, it was like fancy opening. Okay. Okay. Stupid opening jingle. Don't really care. I could make my own music or listen to other people's and like, yeah. Okay. I don't, I, I probably wouldn't even make it two minutes into mine just because I'm impatient. And it's like, do I, do I skip the production? Is that bringing more people in in the beginning? Or is that like alienating the people that are like, just skip to the end, fatty. How do I plug this thing into my TV? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I have like a little, I think I have like a 15 second thing that I just run. It's really short and sweet. Sometimes I don't even use it because it's like you said, I, I try to make, all of my videos, 10 minutes, around 10 minutes. You know, I, 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 it's just from my own, my own standpoint of putting something together, like you, you're talking about quality, filming things, putting all that B-roll footage together and then talking, you know, through all that. And then put, it's just, it's such a production to, to do that at the quality, at the, at the level of quality that, you know, you, the videos that you put together, even like the things that, that, that I do that are not quite there, it's still, it's still a lot of time and effort. And so you're right. It's like you start thinking about how can I make this more consumable to the average person? Like what's, should I just start talking? Like, should I just get right into this? And and I, I've done that. I've experimented with both, you know, um, the intro, without the intro, a little intro, well, me introing, then the intro, you know what I mean? You start all these yeah. different types of, of, of various ways to, to start out a video and, I think my favorite is really just let's just go. Like let me just start talking about this and and let because it, it doesn't waste my time or anybody else's. Yeah. Yeah, you know, your videos looked uh, always look really good. And I got so pissed at you one time cuz I messaged you like, "How did you get that shot?" And you're like, "I don't know, I just got lucky." But I just oh, spent, it... you just caught me on the day that I had spent like 8 hours trying to get four shots and I didn't get any of them cuz of the Was stupid Moray effect. The Mr. Cade video, the tapper? I think you yeah. I remember because I didn't have any of the the screen roll. the more thing it, it yeah a, it just looked flawless complete, yeah it was complete like dumb luck I, I I think I had like two or three takes where I saw it and I was just like and I was like I'm like fooling with the the camera settings and back and forth but it really didn't I didn't I don't really remember doing anything magical <laughs> I felt I I wanted to tell you but I that's so yeah. funny yeah, it, it's yeah one of those things where a lot of people a lot of people have their methods that they use. And I mean, everything affects it, right? So you and I could do the have the exact same hardware and you know the exact same tripods and setup. But if my lights are at a different angle than yours, then I might yeah. get a different. You know, it, when you're talking about shooting glass, essentially, is what you're doing with CRT. There's so many factors, but you know, I just have never been able to get it right. And that, that's one of the things where a friend let me borrow a really fancy camera, and then I think I'm trying to rope Jonathan from Scanline City in, who's oh, yeah. I mean. You know, he does this stuff 
for a day job. So I'm trying to see if maybe we could do a live stream to figure it out in this room. But that's that is I have like three or four bigger production videos just stopped because I, I refuse to do it until I get the CRT shots right. Because yep. I hate, you know, if somebody watches either one of our channels all the time and you say, look, I can't really show this on camera, but trust me, this is fine. That's cool. You've built that audience. They understand that you you have a long history of, you know, trustworthiness. But yeah. I want a couple of these videos to be a lot more general. So somebody that's never seen any of my stuff before, and I'm like, no, trust me, this is better. If I were that person, I'd be like, trust this, you piece of shit. No, I'm out. Like, So I want to make <laughs> yeah. sure to present the point exactly the way I see it. And uh, yeah, it's I got I to gotta try to get it off my ass and get that done. <laughs> so Yeah, you're right, though. I mean... I, when I started doing things for YouTube, like I really, I, I not only did I not know anything about videography, I didn't know anything about photography, you know, like I really had to learn kind of as I went and I'm still learning obviously, but you're right. Filming glass and the different refresh rates that come up on those monitors and just reflections and lighting. There's so much like to just deal with when you're filming a screen like that, a CRT screen. It's, I think it's harder than I think a lot of people give it credit for. Um, yeah. And then you see, you know, other, other channels, um, you know, my life in gaming, you know, like it's just, it seems like, Oh, well they do it all the time, you know, and they, they got that uh, kind of locked in and it seems like it's easy, but it, it's not, it's a, and I think it's something that I've learned to appreciate as I watch other channels when I, when I have the time uh, and I see things like that. Cause I'm like, wow, I wonder, I'm, I'm, I'm almost distracted from whatever the topic is. And I'm thinking about, how do they film that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, Mark and Corey, super nice people. Um, they sat with me on a group call one time for like two hours. Cause I bought the same camera that they have and uh slightly different lens. And we, we came to the two conclusions that the lighting in my New York apartment was impossible. I'd have to shoot in the middle of the yeah. night. And even then it was New York. So there's still weird reflections coming out of nowhere. Um, and I still couldn't get the moray pattern. So, you know, they, they were really polite about that. But yeah, it's it's harder than it seems. I think taking still shots is easiest. Now, it's not easy. So like respect for the people that take the time to take those still shots. But comparative, I think that's the easiest. I think captures is second, but I don't think people understand how hard that is. Because you think like, what are you talking about? I just plugged my retro tank into my capture card. Yeah, but what mode was the tank in? What you know? What does your capture card support? Does the card compress video? So yeah. you know, if you're just showing footage, it doesn't matter. But if you're like, no, I want to compare this to that, you're comparing the algorithm that you've used to compress it, not the console. And then shooting with video—that's that is, I think, the hardest by far because of the glass thing. Yep, for sure. Yeah. So for your setup. Switching gears here for a minute, because you have yeah. a, a good amount of arcades, uh, arcade machines. What's your favorite, and what's the one that people always end up talking about when they come over? Because that was always something that really surprised me when I had my setup with like multiple games and stuff like that. Is nobody ever got excited about the same shit that I did? <laughs> no, it's funny you bring that up. I think it was a couple months ago, before the holidays. I had a few of the neighbors on the street here wanted to come in. And, and so I invited them over and I spent time thinking about, all right, what do I got to boot up on these machines that mainstream people will play? 
right? Like, I, I don't want to have some, like, you know, Japanese shooter role. Like, they're, they're not going to understand. They, they don't, they don't want to do that. I got to find, like, you know, things that they'll recognize. And I spent so much time, you know, going machine to machine, thinking about what to boot on, on either Mr. Kate or pulling a board out. Um, and I switched, I mean, die hard arcade up on the, the Sega Titan, like just as, as easy and recognizable as, as you could get. And I, I so, I, I mean, I said, I spent a lot of time, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes going through there. Right. And, and, but I did put some thought into this. I would say 90% of the time, as soon as I got here, Daytona USA, dom- nobody wants to play anything else. It was just Daytona USA. Let's sit down and ro- round robin. We're going to race. So that that was fine. Because um, you have the, the head to head, right? Yeah, it's a twin. You have the two twin. player one. Yeah, yeah it's a twin. I, that, twin. That would also be where I would be glued to. I would be. I'm yeah. not a gambling man at all. There would be a five dollar bill on that on the front of that thing, and it'd be like, which one of you wants to lose five bucks to me right now? And I'm not even a yeah. gambler. I don't do well, shit like all, that. Absolutely, that's would, all it though. was. It was just round robin on daytona usa so i'm like oh here i spent time thinking about what these guys would want to play on these other machines and they're really just going to play daytona all all night um this past weekend was kind of the same thing but it was blitz 2k at that that's what that's uh, i mean not exaggerating easily a hundred plus games of blitz just played on that cabinet and that's that's what and, and i it's probably different you know i think like if it, it, you and i and other other youtubers other people in the community got together it would probably be a different experience on what we would play down there but if you bring in you know just the average person who you know is excited to just play on an arcade machine that isn't really into gaming you know they're going to want to play those big you know blockbuster titles that were that's that's pretty much where everybody gravitates towards yeah yeah i mean uh so this is probably a stupid question but was there ever a tekken arcade game because i never played one in the arcades oh yeah oh yeah so i can't remember because i know i had some emulators hooked up through it but when i had a party at my house one time i think it was like thanksgiving or something I first and foremost, I am shocked the neighbors did not call the cops on me because I the there were a bunch of people there that got so into the arcade machine you would think yeah. somebody was getting murdered. It was awesome, by the way. But they lost their minds at Tekken. And I was never really into that game at all. I never saw the arcade version anywhere where I grew up. And I must have had it on the multicade thing that I had there on a you know pretty decent PC, so it wasn't you know, yeah. wasn't tons of latency or anything like that. And they were losing their minds for that one. And I was just like, man, I don't think I would ever really walk into an arcade and go looking for Tekken. I would go look for, you know, some of the other ones. But that pops up pretty regularly on like auctions and stuff. I see, I see like Tekken machine. Actually, it's funny. The, at some point, the, the Dynamo that I just got for, for a hundred bucks uh, earlier this year, when I, when I opened up the coin door, the bucket on it somebody wrote in a sharpie tekken so at some point in its life somebody was was had tekken running on that machine it was police trainer when i got it but after i stripped the control panel the street fighter uh button layout and everything is it's in nobody drilled the metal which is perfect so i got that almost all done now so it's uh going back to being a, a street fighter cabinet at least a six button layout put other th- i mean it, it'll be like jamma wires so you can play other stuff in it but 
pretty nice that I was able to to save that and make that into something else. But yeah, it was definitely somebody. It was like, okay, well, forget Street Fighter. This is, this is Tekken now, you know. But it's a pretty common. It's a pretty common game that I see, like at auctions and and whatnot. Hmm. I mean, it could just be that I'm not remembering it, but I got an oddly good memory. So, like, I just don't think the arcades I went to as a kid really had those for whatever reason. No, I mean, I, I'm trying to think, like, I remember playing that in college. It was probably freshman, maybe sophomore year on PlayStation. That's when, that's that's really the majority of the tech and gaming that I did was on was on PlayStation. And so that would have been... 97 98 and that was the first one so like arcades are starting to you know fade out by late 90s so it it just may have been one of those things you just never saw could have been i also never saw a virtual racing art in the arcade at all oh wow and cousin scott says that we saw one once but i don't remember that i don't think i don't it must have been before i got the genesis version so it didn't click because if i had the genesis version i probably would have gone nuts to go see it in the arcade but you have one of those too right yeah that was another fun pickup that that has a a strange story to it but that uh yeah that got that it was had, had a literal rat's nest inside of it with dead rats um yeah but it, it's it's up and running now. It's cleaned up, uh, sanitized, and yeah. So that one I did see. I remember, you know, I, I don't know what your situation was with your your parents, but like my my dad didn't really want to play arcade games, like or video games at, at all. Um, but Final Lap Two by Namco, big big fan of it. I mean, I think it's like less intimidating. There's a wheel and. <laughs> you know, a shifter and there's pedals. It's like, oh, I, I can drive a car. I can play that. I can race, you know. So he and I would play uh, Final Lap 2 at this like um, miniature golf place. And I remember like it was it was like our go-to game. And I, and I liked it because I could race my dad on it. But then uh, we walked in the one day and it was gone. And in its place was virtual racing. And so initially I was like really disappointed and like shocked that like, oh my God, this machine's gone. What are we going to do? And then it's like, well, wait a minute, this is, this is wild. This is uh polygons. Like, you know, all it was, it was crazy. And and I remember playing that for couple, quite a few months with him. We, we just transitioned over to virtual race. And then obviously Daytona then spilled out. Um, what was that? A year or two later after, after virtual racing. But um, yeah, I, I do remember playing that one in, in the arcades. Yeah. That's, that's why I wanted it when I saw it, it popped up and, I think it was just listed as um, racing. I think racing was spelled wrong. Um, racing arcade or something like that, that, that uh, this woman had this listed as, but um, yeah, her and her ex-boyfriend and her current boyfriend dropped it off for me. So just, um, yep. At, at three in the awkward? morning. <laughs> yeah. At three, at in, three the in the morning. morning. I, yeah. Cause I, I didn't think she was actually going to, come like because she was insisting that she was going to deliver it and they had a trailer and everything. i was like oh if you want to make the trip that's fine and th- i didn't think she was actually it was like midnight and i'm and my wife's like they are not coming like they, just forget it and if they do come you can get murdered alone i'm going to bed so they did show up it, it was yeah, it was like 2 30 3 o'clock in the morning she brought her dog and her two men and i hey I'm not asking any questions. They brought the virtual racing machine and was it crackheady or was it just people who probably worked in a restaurant or something and just got out of work late? Because there's I, always that vibe, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I it's tough. She was a try to think. She was a retired nurse, but she wasn't that old. And so crackhead. I, yeah, I mean, you're saying this, like it's, it's filling in gaps in the story. Yeah, I grew up. Um, I grew up all over the place, but for a while I lived in Bridgeport, Connecticut, same place that Rourke did, but just a few years apart from each other uh, in yeah. a not very nice neighborhood. So you learned very quickly um, how to spot who's who. And it's hilarious, too, because once I moved to the city, like a few of my friends were I didn't live in a bad part in Manhattan at all. I lived, you know, the top of Hell's Kitchen. But a couple of times people were like, you know, is that always on your street? And it's like, yeah, don't worry. That's not a safety concern <laughs> at all. You want to see a safety concern? I will bring you to one, but this is not this is not what that is. So, yeah, it's it's a judgmental thing to say, but at the same time, you know, if it uh, you know if it purrs like a cat, it scratches like a cat, it smells like a cat, it's a cat. So you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, that was that was definitely one of the more. And then she wanted to uh, remember she wanted to like hook it all up in my garage, and she was gonna like sh- I was like ah you you know it's like three in the morning I'm fine I'll figure it out and. She's like really insistent on like wanting to show me how it worked. And so I did like oblige and like I, I plugged in the base and only one side came up on the machine and she was like, oh, well, this is what I'm telling you. It doesn't work and it did work and now it doesn't. And I was just like, okay, it's three. You got, you, I'll figure it out. I mean, tomorrow's another day. Like, like just take your boyfriends and take your money and get the fuck off my property. Yeah. <laughs> right? And your dog. Don't forget your dog. It's running around my garage too now. So. Yeah. My Jeez. my wife didn't believe that that actually came. Like so I had to like actually like show her the next morning like oh yeah it's in the garage. Like she's like they didn't That's show funny. up. I'm like oh they, they did. You know it's funny you said about like you used to play that with your dad. I just looked up real quick right about when Outrun came out. So I was 5 or 6. So I think it says 86. I was born in 81. So I'm assuming uh, I must have seen it probably 87 then because things didn't get to the East Coast that quickly. Yeah. And I remember being in a pizza place, so being five years old-ish, and, you know, five, maybe six, and I saw a driving game, but I didn't really know what the purpose was. I mean, I'm a little kid, remember? So yeah. I'm driving and my dad comes over and shifts the shifter for me. But as like a five-year-old shifting the shifter, that was the best part. Like my dad had a standard transmission, which is funny. I still have one to this day, but like, I want to be the one that shifts. Now I'm the, I put the quarters in, I'm driving yeah. and I got all pissed off. Cause he shifted for me. And he's like, that's the point of the game. And I was like, why didn't you tell me? And like fast forward all these years later and I have an outrun machine sitting right by, <laughs> right behind me yeah. over there. And it's like, yeah, it's funny, but you know, nostalgia aside, right? Those stories that you tell about the arcade machine and about the game, that means a lot for about a minute and then it's either a good game or it sucks and it's like it's always such a weird thing with nostalgia because there's been a few times i played games that i remembered where i'm like this is a terrible game i can't believe i like or even movies from back in the day and there's also been more than more than not other times where i'm like this is just as good as i remembered it this is an excellent game so yeah one of those things outrun stuff yeah i mean arcade games are yeah, arcade games are, I think, probably notorious for that because they're there to take your money, right? Like they're just there mm. for some type of appeal and to, you know, get you hooked in but not give you too much time to play, you know, before you got to put more money in. So, I mean, a lot of the Konami beat-em-ups, which is funny because I did the whole G.I. Joe thing and, and whatnot. Mm. But again, being attracted to that from nostalgia. But a lot of those Konami beat-em-ups, I mean, they're 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 fun and they're fun multiplayer like on an arcade night, but 
for me to sit there and plow through like Simpsons by myself, I'm not going to do that too many times a year. Yeah, I did it once with a really good friend who just wanted to beat it, and it was boring towards the end. Altered Beast, man, the first time I played through that on like a home arcade setup, all I could think about was, number one, I would have never been able to beat this as a kid, and number two, this is so unfair towards the end. And, you know, maybe I had the settings different, I don't know, I was playing through Mayhem and I didn't really pay too much attention, but like... It was so ridiculous. I'm like, why Why would anybody enjoy this? Because I remembered playing it on the Genesis because it was a big deal because it's Altered Beast at home. Yep. And I don't think I, I even, I think I got three quarters of the way through it ever. I don't think I ever really got much farther than that. So it's kind of funny because Sega was really good at drawing you in. And I think, you know, I don't know if all of those games really kept you there. That Altered Beast certainly wasn't one that, you know, I'd go back to more than once a year. And I probably wouldn't even play it for more than five minutes at a time. It's funny you bring that up because I was going through updating some stuff on on Mr. Cade this past weekend before people came over. And that was one of the games I fired up and was playing on the Astro City. And I was just like, this isn't that great. Like, this is kind of clunky and, like, he moves weird and, like, it's just, I, how is this ever, why why was this a pack-in game for, for the Genesis? How is this a selling point? Like, I just remember thinking that just, just a few days ago. Well, you got to put yourself in the mindset of Sega back then. It's like, do you want to play Nintendo? And, like, imagine just any of the arcade games versus the 8-bit version, just visually, not gameplay. And Or do yeah. you want to play arcade games at home and then, you know, rise from your grave? Like, I can t- totally yeah. see why Sega was like, that's the pack-in title right there. Yeah, it's that more mature audience as opposed to, like, Mario platforming and, like, what was thought of as kids' games, right? Yeah, it is kind of funny that, that a lot of those were, were – there was still – up until I would say, I think 2010 was just about where the curve started to come around, where a lot of adults just looked at all of this stuff as kids games, where in hindsight, a lot of them definitely weren't. And I don't mean from like a, you know, a, a graphic content point of view. I just mean right. like you, it required a lot more deep thought, required you taking notes for a lot of those older games. And it's like, yeah. it wasn't something your average, especially with the age when I was playing it. Like, there's no way I could have beaten a lot of those games to, uh, back then. So kind of interesting. Yeah, you're right. Like that, that whole presentation style really factors into, I think the perception that some of those games received, but maybe didn't get the credit for as far as depth goes. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It it is kind of funny though. I, I remember it's probably 2010, 2009 being at a trade show. And I mentioned something to somebody with a processor there about video games. And they like, they legit laughed like video games. Who gives a shit about that? And I saw the same company a couple of years ago when I went with tech to uh, the Javits Center for right before the pandemic. And the same company, different people. Like, I walked over. I was like, hey, look, you know, I uh, do video game stuff. I was looking for, you do video games? Well, come here. Let me show you this. Let me show you that. Do you stream yeah. because we have this? And it's like, man, if you weren't such a freaking stubborn ass 10 years ago, you could have been ahead of the game and you could have been rolling in the dough. Now you're scraping to keep up. Yep. Yeah, it, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's. I think. I mean, I, I, maybe I'm probably not the best person to to speak about it, but just watching the blending of social media, like and gaming. I mean, at, you're right. At some point, those just really enmeshed and became one. Um, you know, not to say all social media is gaming related, of course, but 
they, you know, yeah. when you had like MySpace, right? Like I wasn't really thinking about MySpace and how that, you know, I, do you know what I'm saying? Like, as far as like, even like, the, yeah. it, it's like streaming, like, and how that just kind of, it's like, well, we can do live video now. What about live video and people playing games? And But it all just, it's unbelievable. Like how, how much that has snowballed in the last decade. Yeah. And you know, I, I get kind of annoyed when I hear people say there's too many streamers because it's like, the, if you want to share your gaming experience with one other human being, then you're a streamer, period. There's nothing, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going for, you know, being the best streamer ever or, you know, you, yeah. all you want to do is just hang out with friends and make yeah. new ones and do this. And yep. I, I don't, I, I think, you know, I, I don't know why that's such a common thing to hear, but it is very annoying because, you know, no one's encroaching upon your territory. You know, if you're a famous streamers, don't usually say that. It's usually the bottom feeders who aren't good enough to get a following. Sorry, honestly here, but it's like, it's like, listen, no one who wants to play a video game with three of their friends is taking away from your views, period. Because they, right. their friends wouldn't have been there for you. They were there for their friend. So I think, yeah. you know, it's one of those things where if you like playing a video game with anybody else, try streaming and get the cheapest thing possible to start. Get that horrible SCART to HDMI converter and use that to stream with. Like, whatever you got to do, that's cool. Just, you know, try it and see what you think. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, I think YouTube kind of falls into that, that category as well, even just what from a video standpoint, like I hear people or see people on Twitter and stuff say that same thing about there's just so many gaming channels that everybody's doing this, everybody's doing that. And I, I don't know, like from, from my standpoint, like it, it's not, it's not a reason to stop. It's not, it's certainly not why I started doing it. And I never, I never started doing YouTube because I thought like I'll be some huge like channel or star or whatever. I, I did it because I it's like I really like this thing, whatever that thing is, and I wanna like share it and see if other people like this thing. And that's I mean, arcade you know, I was talking to um I was talking to Retro Ralph uh, a couple weeks ago and like arcade gaming is such a niche thing within video gaming itself. I, I don't ever expect to have a huge audience because I don't think a lot of people are really into arcade gaming. You know, I mean, you play, sure, there, there's Switch ports and there's things like that that you can play on modern consoles. But as far as getting into the, you know, getting your hands dirty and, and doing some of the, you know, restoration work on a cabinet and stuff, it's a very slim audience that's in, invested in that from, from what I can tell. Yeah, and I mean this. I mean this in a nice way. I hope this isn't going to come out the wrong way. Half the shit I say does, but like when I watch your videos, I get the impression that you do them because you enjoy doing them and you enjoy sharing these experiences. I never yeah. once get the impression that you do them because you're like, I'm going to be the next biggest YouTuber in the face of arcade. Like that does, not. that's not how you come across ever at all. So no, just yeah, no. I th yeah, I think no, that's kind I mean... of important to keep in the context. You know what I mean when. Yeah, if you if you've picked something niche because you like it, it's worth doing. I think, you know. Yeah. I, I that's that's kind of where I'm at, you know. And if if the channel grows, if people watch and and they do, and I think there's people who come back and I've got people, you know, who comment that are regular followers and commenters and subscribers and whatnot, but um 
I don't expect that to ever just blow up. And and we it's it's actually interesting uh, this topic because we were talking the other day. Is is there a, an end to the audience for arcades? And we were we were talking about it more in the context of competition and like buying machines and uh, who you know how many what's the market for those things? Like are are twenty people in their twenties are they interested in going out and buying a, an arcade machine and getting a CRT and you know doing all of that type of stuff? It kind of goes back to nostalgia, which you were talking about, which feeds a lot of that, I think, initially. And then you kind of, you know, you get hooked into it. But I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I have an answer to that question. I'm sure that there's, you know, there's there's people who are into old cars that are younger and weren't around when said cars came out. So I th- I'm sure there's certainly exceptions <laughs> to that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I'll, I'll yeah. let you. I could actually answer the question. Um the the group of younger people coming in, they don't come in from nostalgia. They come in for whatever other reason they found it. And the percentage of people who care about this stuff, if you're just thinking of how many people are alive and how many people would care about arcades, is you know going far down. But the amount of exposure you get through all of the platforms we have now is infinitely going up. So yeah. at the end of the day... It's not, it's kind of just staying the same. It's not really shrinking. It's not really going up. The prices will fluctuate based on who has the money because that's always kind of, you know, yeah. credit where credit's due. Pat Contry had that really great analogy of the Elvis jacket that sold for like 20 grand or, or 50 grand, whatever. And, you know, the 80s when that crowd who loved Elvis was of the age of disposable income. And now it's still a rare coveted thing that people love, but it's not going to sell for 50 grand. And I think right. that's, the prices are going to follow that, but the interest I think is going to be going to be pretty interesting to see. And I don't know if it's going to be like cars, where it, you know it, cars have just gone ridiculously up in value, like yeah. to the point where it's you know and pre car shortage and all of that stuff. So is it that all of this electronics is just going to keep skyrocketing, or is it going to be the Elvis jacket where after all of us you know kind of drop off, the prices go down? But I think the interest is about where it. It's, you know, it's where it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a, an interesting topic and um, yeah, just, yeah. I, I, I do have, cause I'll, I'll make comments about that every now and then. And then I'll get somebody who's like in high school, reach out and they'll say, I watch your channel. I I'm young and I watch it and I like, I like this stuff. And I started watching it because I could play, you know, whatever game it was, you know, on, on MAME or they, they bought it for, you know, in the eShop, you know, and it was a, a porter of some sort. And so that's interesting. And, and that, that always excites me a little bit when, when somebody younger uh, is, is interested in watching, you know, the things that I'm doing, but uh, I, I just don't, I'm, I'm under no delusion that that is by far my audience. Like if you look at my, my YouTube analytics, it's, it's everybody 35 plus, like, it's just, there's like no one, um, I shouldn't say no one. Um, but it's the, that, that market segment in the, that's in their twenties is just not there for the channel. And maybe I'm not doing a good enough job to sell it, but I also think it's a content. Yeah. I, I made a conscious decision to not look at analytics anymore years ago. Cause basically around the time I started a Patreon, cause I was like, if I don't do what makes me happy, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to go back to a regular day right. job and have way less stress and <laughs> but you know yeah. but, but on the flip side of things if i'm going to cater to an audience it's going to be the people that support me 
So I'd rather listen to them. So the last time I really looked at analytics, the one thing I did love is that um, I wasn't just locked to the U.S. There was places all over the world that followed, and I I love that. Yeah. You know, with all this technology and all the advancements, the one thing that still annoys me is that, like, I can't have this exact conversation with somebody that doesn't speak English. And it's like, you know, we have to get to that point. Hopefully, you know, at some point in our lifetimes, we'll see, because it's like, I can't tell you how many people around the planet that we're just, we could drop them in this conversation and you'd think we all grew up together, but we grew up on opposite sides of the planet, speaking different languages with totally different upbringings. We're just into the same shit for all the right reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that. And I, I initially, I didn't know, like, is that, is that from the, the Neo Geo pool, uh, like when I, where I started, cause I'll get on and every now and then I'll do a live stream. Like it's really rare. But every time I get on there, it's like, hello from Australia. Hey, uh, you know, I love Neo Geo and I'm from Brazil, you know, and, I'll, and, I, and I, I just see like the, the chat fill up with that. And, and people will, will message me from time to time, too. And uh, I'm always interested in, you know, there's a lot of similarities across, like you're saying, across the world about the different you know experiences that we had. But then there's like sometimes there's like slight variances. Like you're, you're, they're talking about Neo Geo and... I really can't remember Street Slam being a popular game. Um, I just can't. I, I don't ever remember playing it. I don't remember seeing it in an arcade. And I mentioned that one time. And I had people like lighting me up saying like, what are you talking about? Like that was a huge game. And I started asking them like where, where they're from. And you and it, it's, it's South America or it's the UK. And uh, it's just interesting how regionalized some of those games were. Not that they weren't available, but just they were more popular in other pockets. So we were all playing Neo Geo, but we were playing maybe slightly different games at, at different times. And I always think that's really cool to, to hear people's perspectives on that. Absolutely. I love that stuff. That, uh, that always makes me smile. And there's been so many times, too, where I've been to an event, uh, mostly in person, but even some of the live ones where I'm like the only person who doesn't speak whatever language they're they're speaking and yeah. nobody gives a shit. Nobody. It's just body language and your actions. Like, you know, I'm sitting here with a beer, smiling, watching people play. And they're like, well, yeah. we don't know what the fuck he's saying, but he's obviously having a good time. So he's welcome too. bring him on in. Like, <laughs> so oh, yeah. It's, yeah, I love that. Music's the same way, too. You ever go to a concert with... um? You know, with a mixed crowd like that, no one really cares if you speak the language. It's just, you know, can, you know, do you like the music and can you dance? And I can't dance for shit. So I was always on the side of those, any of the, like, uh, any of those. But Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I got a very specific example for that. Um, when I was in middle school, there was a, a, a student that came over from Poland and he spoke no English whatsoever. And the first two days he sat by himself, like at a table like it was just it was just so awkward and I, I think we were like in seventh grade or eighth grade maybe and then you know the third day i'm like i'm not i can't watch this right we got just come over and sit with us i know you don't speak any english but he sat with us and then uh he, he found out like he lived uh, just a couple houses away from one of my my other friends and we just played video games and it was like a universal language at that point just watching i mean it's just buttons and a controller and this is what we're doing and we didn't we didn't know a whole lot of each other's words but we could play games that was that was great now he ended up speaking very fluent english by the time we got to high school and got accepted into penn state and all i mean his world turned around but initially that first year or two was a little rough but we always had games and and fishing uh that's that's what we did typically 
That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, there was a... I, so the side of my family on my mom's side were all Eastern European. So I grew up with a bunch of extended family. Like all my immediate family was born in America, but the extended family was always born in uh, Northern Greece or Romania or any of the Anians, Albania, you know, all those, whatever. And so I grew up with a bunch of people that didn't speak English. So I learned how to communicate with them just by, you know, watching and listening and, and seeing and all that stuff. So they kind of yeah. like... As a kid, it's just how you grow up. So I didn't think anything of it. But as you get older, you start. I started to realize like how I was able to communicate with people easier because of that. Even English speaking people. And you know, I had a couple of friends growing up that their English wasn't the greatest, and it never really mattered. My buddy Laszlo, a big Hungarian dude, he looked like a bouncer at seventeen. He looked like an adult male bouncer at 17 years old and he just you know giant chest you know big gun he comes walking over one day because i had a 79 camaro and he had a newer one your car fist my car very fast and i'm like i don't know who the fuck you are buddy but let's go hang out i want to see your car yeah that's <laughs> awesome forever yeah 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 there's certain things that you're right it's just it's it's facial expressions it's body language and Things that you can just do together. Music. I mean, you called that one. That's a that's another really big one. Just you just don't need to do a whole lot of uh, of language things. At, well, at least verbally. Yeah. Yeah. Video games fall directly into that. Can you play the game? Are you having a good time? Listening to people shit talk each other when they don't speak each other's language is amazing because it's the same. There's no difference. The inflections in their voice, like their their mannerisms, like it's the same. And it's that it's coming from that same place of like, I'm fucking with you, but I'm not actually insulting you as a person. So it's one of those like, I just that stuff cracks me up so much. I love it because it's just one of those like perfect tying it all together. You know, the world make the world smaller moment. Sorry to be cheesy, but like that is kind of exactly know. what it is. So, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It's good stuff. So you mentioned Mr. Kate a couple times. I love mine. Um, I haven't had any problems with it. The only problems I had turned out to be my fault. I showed all that in my video and everything because, you know, the low power five volt stuff that you might want to run into. Have you tried any of the other JAMA Mr. Adapters out there? No, I have not. Um, I know there's I know there's a few out on the market. Uh, I, I'm trying to think because I'm, I'm, I'm going to, boy, I'm, I'm going to butcher names, but I know... Um, one of the guys reached out to me and had asked if I wanted to take a look at it. And I just kind of felt bad at the time. Kind of goes one, it goes back to what we were saying. Am I interested in actually doing this? I, I've got mm. Mr. Cade. I got it up and running, you know, and, and it's like, I, I, I don't know that I really want to do a whole review video, right? Especially struggling to put content out and everything as it is. Um, but then also it's like, I felt kind of bad because I've really al already like talked a lot about Mr. Cade I know you, you know, you've done some videos as well. And then, you know, with, with pork chop, I've got my name like stamped on the board, right. As, as do you. And it's like, I feel like anything I say that might be slightly negative towards any other, I'm just going to get, it's just, I, 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 I don't want to do it. <laughs> I just don't, I just didn't want to do it. I didn't oh, have yeah. interest in I it. I eat that all day, every day. So I'll just say whatever the hell I think. That's fine. But no, and when I say that, by the way, just to clarify what you and I just said, because people love to take things out of context. Yeah. You just weren't backhandedly talking shit about pork chops device. You just, you were no. talking about the other thing. And same with me. It's one of those, like, 
it's this weird tribalist thing that that humans love to do but it's just i'm just always honest whether people like it or not and it's usually they, they don't like it but you know if you have one mr jamma solution that means you have to have a second for vertically oriented games so you're gonna have to have a second one up here at some point but i uh, i have not tried the retro man cave one yet um, I had the Jamix here for like a day and then I shipped that off cause I, I knew I wasn't going to have any time. And I just, I don't, I don't feel comfortable doing that. Like if somebody sends me something to test and I know I'm going to drop a hundred hours on it, fine, let me keep it. But I don't like having things sit on the shelf. So I shipped that over to MVG, um, and retro castle. That's the other one that I tried. That's okay. been great. So that's the only downside is it requires you to power, uh, the D 10 separate, um ivory uh he goes by online he he kind of found some ups and downs to that so he was like oh let me try it this way and oddly enough the um video world semi video world cab beast sold me has an ac plug right there so it turned out to be perfect okay. yeah um, but that one i liked a lot too so uh and i think antonio Valena also made one that's essentially um it's i say just i'm not taking away from it but it's just an rgb to jamma converter designed for mister so there's some advantages and disadvantages big advantage is dual ram you don't have to worry about that but um, it's not you don't have the direct control that you have with the other ones that's that's the piece so that that's who now you said that's who reached out not reached out but i think he he publicly somebody tagged me in something and then he responded and said "I'm, i'm happy to send this over if you know i was just like yeah, I don't know. Like it's the direct control piece initially that I looked at that and that I w- I thought was obviously you know that would be the drawback. But I just it's like you said. I know I won't have the time to to do this guy justice to to sit here and go through this whole thing. And um, yeah, and it's like I don't need to I don't need to hear a bunch of people telling me I don't. Uh, yeah, you're all in on the Mister Kate. I know, and so you hate this. Like I just forget it. <laughs> I'm just not doing a video on it. Yeah, I don't blame you one bit. It's uh, it, I I wish somebody had told me what what came with getting on YouTube and getting in the public eye as a person, <laughs> because I would not change a thing, but I would have prepared myself before a few certain, yeah. especially some of the bigger incidents. Or it's like I'm always going to be me. Every time I've tried to be anything other than me, I've failed miserably. So. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I just kind of drew the line in the sand a long time ago where I was like the, here's my don't give a fuck line and I'm going to stay on this side of it. And I don't really care if you don't. So no offense, yep. but it is what it is. Yeah. I hear you. Well, there's definitely a bunch of other good, good hardware out there. I think Mr. Cade's got the advantage because not only was it first, it's really good. So like, yeah. you know, anybody listening, don't take this the wrong way, but it's been tested by some of the most like obsessive, like attention to detail people on the planet. So if, you know, it, it's, it wasn't just first because if it was first and sucked, it would be like the laughing stock of, of all of this stuff. Cause all the arcade heads would be tearing it apart. But the fact that it was first and really good, that's, you know, it certainly makes it harder for anybody else coming up after that. But there are definitely good solutions. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the watching the chat in on the Discord for that, it was just the, the the situations and the things that people came up with and were reporting back on. I mean, and that was months before he ever brought that to, to market, to sale. Um, you know, and, and it was just, yeah, I, I, a lot of work went into that, a lot more than I think people realize. 
Yeah, I think, you know, with respect, I think people don't really realize how much goes work goes into a lot of these projects. And one of the most frustrating things when I see a project like this is like the first comments like, that's great, do JVS next or something. And it's like, okay, I love the enthusiasm. I'm so happy that people like this product and want more from this creator. But do you have any idea what it took to get here? Will you give them a day or two to, get, to take a deep breath and just like... You know, so it's, yeah, if, if you're that person, don't stop. It's fine. I know it's well yeah. intended, but just understand that if you get some shit for it, it's because it's it took a lot to get there. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, same thing with like Mike Chi and the retro tanks, like all the requests and that, that roll in for that constantly. And that guy, I think it's almost like uh, in some ways he's like fed the cats, though, like he because he delivers like he listens to that feedback yeah. and comes back with some really amazing things that. Like I didn't think he was going to be able to do or, or even entertaining. And it's like, oh yeah, it's in the next firmware update. It's like, what? <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah, you're right. It's, it's crazy. The, um, the amount of things that people will ask for after something has just come out, just come to market. And, and I, and I want all these extra, not, not, well, not everybody in a demanding way, but, um, but yeah, Mike's a guy that, that, that really seems to deliver on, on all that stuff and is always like looking for that next, uh, that next thing, not to say pork chop isn't. I, I've just transitioned there to. to no, 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 yeah, no. I uh, totally, totally got what you meant. Yeah, Mike's so much fucking fun to work with too. Like he'll just he'll entertain the ideas. And there's been three or four times where it's been like midnight, and I'm like, Mike, what if you know we put a flux capacitor so we hit 88 miles an hour and the retro tickets light speed? And like I'll wake up the next morning and he'll be like, Hey, Bob, um. Not really possible to hit light speed, but funny you mentioned flux capacitor because check out this new firmware I'm working on. And it's like, <laughs> it's, it's it's very fun, very fun to work on some projects with that dude. Yeah. Yeah. He's always been, he's always been really nice and really good to me. Yeah. Same. So, um, you know, I think before we started on the conversation, I don't think you answered what your favorite game that you have in your Oh, arcade. my favorite game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's I've got uh, I've got a few, um, but that's not really the question, is it? It's it's the favorite. I would say I would say the game that I play the most is probably NBA Showtime, which I know a lot of people mm. probably don't want to hear. It's not it's not overly sexy. It's not really deep. Uh, it's not some obscure Japanese game, but it's one of those games that I know I can. It's it's well, it's what the second sequel to NBA Jam. You got. NBA Jam, like Tournament Edition, Hang Time, Max Hang Time, and then Showtime. But uh, it's a game that I can just go down and I can play and be done with, which is great. Um, lunch mm. break, you know, still working from home, can go downstairs, I can play a game, and I'm and I'm done. And there's little nuances and things here and there that you know that it it's not. I want to give the impression it's a deep game. There's certainly strategies and things like that to employ. 90s basketball um, is, I, I love 90s basketball and the players and, and what was going on at that time. Same with open ice, which I know I've talked about a lot recently, but at 90s hockey, 90s sports in general. So it, it ties a whole bunch of themes together. NBA jam and games being one and NBA basketball of the 90s era. So I play I play that a lot. It's, it's definitely something that has not gone to waste. And then I, ironically, this past weekend, I couldn't get anybody to, to play that. They just wanted to play Blitz. But yeah, I play <laughs> a lot of NBA Showtime uh, in, the, in the basement and Hang Time from time from time to time as well. But 
um, that's if I've got like 20 minutes, like 15, 20 minutes, that's my go to game. I'm just going to turn that on and I'm going to play a game of Showtime. So the point you made about being able to just play for a few minutes, that's something that's really important to me as well, because, you know, ADHD, you know, whatever else, whatever's wrong with me that I always have, like, I always got to be doing something. I don't like to just be until it's the end of the night and it's time to chill. That's different. But like during the day, if I have some time to kill, I want to feel productive. And sometimes you just picking up a video game is awesome. So having arcade style games and, you know, having especially something that you could just flip on one switch and it just begins, right? That's amazing. But one of the things that always kind of, I don't know if it's a bad thing, but like if I know I only have five minutes to, to kill, I'll want to set the arcade to like not hard because I'm not that good at games, but you know, harder than usual. So you don't have to build up to that. Is there settings in uh, NBA Showtime that like, do you just keep it on normal? Do you just enjoy the experience or do you crank it up to hard or something? Cause you, you know, you want to have that challenge. Yeah. So there, I mean, there, there are, um, right now it is, it's everything's still on the default settings because I've gone through and I've beaten all the teams multiple times. And so rubber, it has that rubber band coding built into it too, which makes it really difficult. So once you start getting ahead by, you know, 10 points or so that really drops the hammer down on you. So I haven't really messed with the settings too much outside of the, the default. I also, cause I, I keep my stats on that machine as well. So I try not to mess with it too much now, now and then I will go in and I'll, I'll crank it a few notches. Right. And then we'll go in and, and, and play and just see what subtle differences there are with, um, you know, playing against a computer and whatnot. But for the most part, to answer your question, it's, it's on default settings. So you just brought something up that I totally forgot about, and that's the rubber banding. And yeah. you're right. So like, I, I just sold Cruise and Blast because I, I had so much fun playing it. I played through it, you know, mostly to completion. But it's that arcade experience where every time you play it, it's right down to the wire. So if it yep. was one of those things where if I only had 10 minutes to kill and I wanted to race, that would be the perfect game. But something to sit down and try to sink into, it's like... I don't want the exact same thing every single time playing it for an hour straight. So yeah, the rubber, that's when rubber banding really is awesome and adds to the experience. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even this past weekend, like those blitz matches we were playing, it's, you kind of get the sense like, you know, there's, it's like a three point difference in a game. There's a minute to go. I've got the ball. I'm just trying to protect the lead. Like somebody's going to fumble, like somebody's going to fumble that damn ball. Like, and it's just like doing all the things you can do to try to keep knowing that that, that is, has a high potential for happening. I'm, I'm like intentionally like jumping out of bounds, just short plays and jumping out of bounds, just anything I can do to keep that from happening because it's prevalent, Mm. you know, just know just knowing the game and then trying to beat the rubber banding in little subtle ways that you can. It's, it's tough. Yeah, that is a good point. So I don't know. It's uh, I don't think I'll ever, even if I got sick of doing this for a living and get sick of video games, I think I would always have an arcade machine, especially like a, you know, a, a, some kind of Mr. Jamma solution around for this exact yeah. reason. Because it's just like that experience of like, I just want to hang out and play for a few minutes. 
And the one thing I, for whatever reason, I can't get used to Tetris with an arcade stick. I just always want that NESD pad or something, but that's another great example of something like that. It's, it, again, it's so weird you brought that up. Again, updating the Mr. K this past weekend, and that was another game that I was like, oh, let me play a little bit of this. And I, and I pulled up the, the arcade version of that. And I was like, is it is this me? Because this just feels so strange. Like, I, I don't know that I, I, I really want to, yeah, I didn't play it for very long. It was just too awkward. Agreed. Do you have, um, in your arcades, do you have any of the USB adapters? I mean, obviously with the Mystery, you just use the Mystery's USB inputs, but in your main arcade machines, do you have any of that? No, I don't have anything like that uh, currently wired wired up. Nope. Hmm. We were talking, um, actually, it's funny you bring, we were talking about Porkchop. We were, he and I were texting a, a little bit a few weeks ago about because um, he's another guy that's always like tinkering and, and playing around with models and stuff. And we were talking about the light gun games and like Area 51, Maximum Force, Lethal Enforcers, and just making like a, a cabinet that ran all original boards. But then you've got like the HAP uh, light guns, which most boards will interface. Well, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of boards will, you can plug the HAP guns right into. Some of them have like an additional gun IO board and everything. And I was like, it's just really a pain in the ass. Like, I, like a cabinet would be great for that, but you have to constantly switch the guns. And he was like, well, do you? Maybe, maybe we could come up with a USB solution for those pistols. And then we would, you know, and, and he had like something all mocked up and everything. I don't know how far he got with it. But uh, he was he was sending me a few pictures here and there, and it was it was exciting. I'm like, yeah, let's do this. I'm ready. Like, I, I don't know any. I, I have no financial investment in this, or you know, like I'm not a, an engineer by trade, so uh, I'm just just coaching from the sidelines basically. But no, I don't. I I don't have anything currently, um, any any type of USB setup or anything like that in any of the machines. Yeah, that that was one of the things that really. Um... I guess it surprised me and intrigued me at the same time when I went to a lot of these fighting game tournaments in the New York area where a lot of people wanted to bring their own sticks. That yeah. part I get because, you know, you want to use what your hands are used to. But a lot of people also wanted to bring controllers. And in hindsight, it's like, oh, that makes total sense. You practice on your consoles. You want to have that there. So you'll see in a hitboxes, but actual keyboards. So there was one yeah. really good player that played KOF with just a, you know, like a mechanical key keyboard with it. And it's just, and I saw those USB adapters. I think Brooklyn Video Games uses all the undamned adapters, but there's a bunch of other new ones out that are actually really great that are all just as low latency. So it's in, they're all slightly different. So it's whatever, you know, whatever your yeah. flavor is, I guess. But that was one thing that always kind of interests me to see how many people preferred to use a different solution. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, I'm just a little selfish. It's like, well, there's a, there's an arcade machine. We're not running a tournament down here. You're not that good that you're bringing your own stick over here. So we're not, we don't need to, you know, we don't need to do that again. It's, it's usually like people who are casuals that are coming in and everything. And for me, it's like, I'm not that great at fighting games. I'm I'm very much a casual player at that. So look, I'm just going to use the traditional controls, be it on, the Astro City or or the Capcom Big Blue. It's like that's that's good. That's good for me. That's what I want. So not being a professional competitor gamer, for me growing up, the sticks and the controls were part of the user experience. So part of the fact that you're playing Mortal Kombat is the you know the giant floppy stick with you know the the deep concave buttons and 
you know, versus other games that were had a completely different setup. And, and that was just part of the experience. But I imagine yeah. that if I ever got really good at one game or, or multiple, whatever, I would, I would want consistency at the same time. And I love that Felix arcade stick art sold me a couple of years ago. That thing, it's just perfection. You could sit it on your lap. You could sit it on a table. Like I, 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 that really drove the point home to me of why people might want to always use their own stick. Oh yeah. I mean, I think, almost universally people who are good at street fighter and in and in that arena or like the the american layout of of those three the, the buttons just it's it's not ideal right if you look at like a japanese candy cab how it's more ergonomic and whatnot that's the that's the preference um so it, it is interesting but then i i get hung up like the ocd factor because it's like well i want to make it the way it was originally how i played it from a nostalgic standpoint, um, I'm not, again, I'm not a, a tournament player or, or, or all that good. So for me, it's more important to have it look and feel the way it did as I remember it in the arcade. The control panels and stuff are pretty easy to swap if you really got into something or like you're saying, a, you know, a USB solution, you could do that too. But for me, I pretty much just stick to the original uh, North American layouts for things. I know that that's... Uh, I think a track was was commenting the other day on something and he's like it just looks so western and <laughs> yeah it is yeah yeah I, i'm kind of the same way the you know i do feel like i'm gonna move over to a, ideally i would have one vertical and one horizontal cab with you know yeah misters in it and i would love to have some kind of multi-driving solution so you can play outrun and virtual racing and daytona all in one cab and everything like that um yeah. but you know i I think for me, it's just a matter of convenience. If I had a giant place to put all the arcade cabs in, I think I would still be that person that really just wanted to use exactly what they came with just for that reason. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. There is a, uh, I think there's a, a French gentleman, I think, that is doing a universal or does, maybe it's several boards that uh, adapt like Sega racers. So you could put like Sega rally in a Daytona machine and you could do Daytona two in that machine. And it's just converting all of the signals to the different types of boards. Um, I think, uh, I think Galaxian was, was, I think he was either ordering or at least talking to that guy. I don't know how far he got with that setup, but I know he was definitely very interested in, in pursuing that. That's, that's huge. If you could make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. That's something I'd be interested in. I also want to mess with, uh, I haven't really dug into MAME in five years plus. So with everything that's come out, all the changes that have been made, I really want to spend some time on that. And uh, in fact, I have, I found a video card that I could use Calamity's drivers with. I have a spare PC back there. So that's going to be a thing soon where I try to set that up. But the last time, I mean, it's, you know, years now, but the last time I checked, I don't think you could still run Daytona on MAME. Do you know if that's been updated yet? That's a good question. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I I fool with Mame very casually too from time to time, but I don't know if Daytona runs or not on Mame. I know like some of the other stuff, like um, like I want to say like there's like Virtua Cop. One of them when I when I tried to pull it up the last time because I was fooling around with my own cabinet and looking at stuff in Mame, and as soon as it like comes up, it says like oh there's known problems and, and it ran kind of choppy and everything. But I don't know about Daytona. Right. That's a good question. I, you know, I just did a very quick Google search and all that came up was the ROM. But 
so I'll look into that later. But the la- I think the last time it ran, but there were problems or something like that, or you know, there it gave you a warning when you started, but basically it was like not recommended that you rely on that. But I, yeah. I, I'm curious to see because that's that's one of my favorite racers. That I mean, it's going to be Daytona and Outrun are probably my favorite racers of all time, and then I just old school Mortal Kombat. I don't know why I still like it. I, I think the fact that I'm slightly good at it. It also adds to it because it's like yeah, it all helps. my friends whoop my ass at every game we play, which is fine. But that's the only one where like one out of five, I'll get a win in. Yeah, yeah, it definitely helps when you're not getting your ass beat constantly at the same game. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't mind that, but it's just, uh, it is fun to to get your wins in now and then. Oh yeah. Well, thank you for taking the time to do this. This was a cool, yeah. fun introduction. I definitely want to do another one of these. This was just kind of a laid back, have some beers and, and have a chat type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. I really appreciate it, and good luck with the channel and everything you got going on over at uh, yeah, Retro Yeah, thanks. RGB. Same to you. Um, yeah. I will put links to your obviously your YouTube channel, but also all of your other social media and whatever you'd like up there. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I suggest everybody subscribe to you because – It's definitely a positive channel with a bunch of cool, nerdy stuff on it. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thank you.